When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt. Damon Barr is back. Two handles of rum and he is smiling. He brought him in with. He hasn't uh, consumed them yet. We are busy. Plenty of Scott Frost to get into with his Zoom presser. That was interesting and intriguing because we can talk quarterback competition. We can talk Omar Manning. We can talk some offensive. Austin Allen can tell you who's impressive. And I'm waiting for Austin Allen to get some uh, some jump balls in the end zone, man. Good-looking tight end out of Aurora. Can join us today at 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in. Find us on Twitter and uh, give us a follow, Chris Schmidt at Schmidt underscore radio at Damon Barr. That's two R's for Damon. And uh, we'll talk with Mitch Sherman from The Athletic in about uh, 15 minutes. Uh, Big Ten Buffet time. Rick Pizzo going to be with us at 5.05. Uh, we'll have uh, some thoughts from Cam Taylor Britt, uh, Ben Stilley, Markel Dismuke. Uh, next hour as well, and, and more uh, from Austin Allen and Scott Frost. Cedric Golden going to stop by from the Austin American Statesman. It is a, a nonstop hailstorm down in Austin. You and I do not have a tear for that beer. Uh, but Cedric, who covers Austin, uh, will give us the latest not only on the Cowboys, because there are some of you out there who love to hate Dallas, some of you like brother-in-law Uncle Andy, who, who loves him some, how about them Cowboys? Uh, I think that's his ringtone, quite honestly, is Jimmy Johnson in the locker room screaming, how about them Cowboys? Uh, but we'll spend a little bit of time on on all the things being thrown at Tom Herman. And if uh, if things don't get turned around, if, if Urban may be headed to Austin and off of your TV set for, for Big Noon kickoff. Uh, give us an email, chris at hailvarsity.com. Questions, concerns, thoughts, answers, critiques. Uh, do so. But let's dive into this quarterback discussion uh, when it comes to Adrian Martinez and, uh, of course, uh, Luke McCaffrey. And what did you think going into this season, right? Uh, well, first, your thoughts were a lot like mine. God, let there be football. And, and that looks pretty imminent uh, with Ohio State. But you don't have a, a decision yet and that's okay if if you're gonna have a competition let it play out till the bitter end and then make your decision or do you have to and just walk with here and i and i think of two quarterback systems i think of chris leak and i think of tim tebow and i think 
Uh, you had two different body types uh, with Florida, but it helped win Urban his first national championship. Take a drink. That's twice I've said Urban in the first 20 minutes of the show. But in all, in all honesty, you, you have two really good options, two really good choices here. And you've got a guy who's started two years but not been able to stay injury-free two years. You've had snippets and glimpses of uh, a big-time athlete in, in Luke McCaffrey come in and make some plays. So this is a good problem to have if you're Nebraska you have depth there is no bubble wrap needed for the season guys can go run the football if it's a quarterback run or a keep on a zone read Uh, you have athletes in Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey that you can roll the pocket with which is great and their skill set on the run their mobility their ability to throw is going to be a difference maker in a fourth quarter on a third down uh, on a play where the the pocket, God forbid, may be collapsing, they get out of trouble. You see how vital mobility is, and you have two options there. But when it comes to the quarterback spot, I I think Adrian's a guy that, that has familiarity, and Adrian's got to go win it like he did as a freshman. I think the fact that there's not been a tub of a ton of publicity about Adrian has been a good thing. And I think he'd tell you the same thing and probably told you that last week when he sat down with the media. But it was him and Luke McCaffrey sitting down with the media. So if you're Scott Frost, I think you're doing this right. You're A, not going to tip your hand to Ohio State with who's leading the way. But B, if you can juggle this and it makes your offense go without putting some 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 road, some self uh some self-administered roadblocks up to deter or get your offense out of rhythm. If you can pull that off and look at it playing both guys without it taking away from any rhythm or consistency, go for it. I don't know that that's what's going to happen because Coach Frost prefers a one-quarterback offense. But in this instance... Do you sprinkle Luke McCaffrey in behind center? He may win the job. And I don't know, if I was a betting man, I would have put all my money on Adrian to win the job. It's not that he couldn't or can't be unseated. And it's not that McCaffrey, if he wins the job, that he can't be unseated. But what you have is, yeah, it's very interesting. And, and I'm anxious to see, uh, where things go here, what do I think happens? I would be shocked, and I, I, we can be shocked a week from now if we're talking Nebraska, Ohio State. I would be shocked if if Adrian does not rise to the occasion and get the nod. Now, I can be wrong with that. And if he's not playing well, there is a bullpen. And there's a bullpen you can go to. Let's hear from Scott Frost, specifically on on the quarterback here. And in the media session, uh, he was asked about pecking order. This is Scott Frost, pecking order on quarterback. It isn't settled yet. We'll get more into this with Mitch Sherman. 
I wouldn't say it's clear yet. Uh, Adrian's certainly playing well. Luke's certainly playing well. Uh, we feel like we got two guys um, at the top of that heap that are, are playing well enough to help us win games. Every uh, position is a competition. We're going to have to make those decisions pretty pretty quickly, but I've been really impressed with both guys. Okay, so you're going to get ready. You've probably been sprinkling in some prep and some installation for Ohio State. You know who you are going to play for a while here. So when do you make the call? Do you have another scrimmage on Saturday that decides it? Maybe you do. Uh, and who's going to give your team the best chance to win? And how well is your offense functioning? And what's the difference? A, let's be straight. It's taking care of the football. B, who can use their their abilities to their fullest? And B, that headache that is a mobile quarterback and Adrian's been that and I think Adrian can do that and I think Adrian is clearly hungry but what what's the reality like with that first team offense who's moving the ball better who's making the plays better we, we have not seen we just know that they're both doing well Parker Gabriel asked this question uh, about a one or two quarterback system. And we know every head coach, aside from Spurrier's preference and Urban Meyer, the preference is to, to have one guy. The saying is if you if you have two, you don't have one. But here's the question and answer from Frost. In the past that you prefer to pick a guy and go with them, could could that be different this year? Or do you plan to, you know, play one guy is your starter, and and he it's his job. Uh, that that's still my preference, but we'll do whatever is best to help the team win. Okay, last thought here you know, when it comes to the quarterback situation, and uh, the thought here on McCaffrey. Do you play Luke only at quarterback, or is Luke a guy that on on a on a jet sweep? or on a bubble, or on a go route, or on a slant route, or carrying the football? Do you, do you have formations that you have both quarterbacks on the field at the same time? You can absolutely do that and have some fun with it. You've done wild, people have done wildcat for years, but uh, uh, this is Scott Frost. And, you know, is, is the only way Luke McCaffrey gets on the field is at quarterback Really didn't get a great answer to that. I don't think you're going to keep him gathering dust on the sideline if he's one of your best and can help you win because he helped you play really good football last year. He's a quarterback. I want to make that clear. Right now, our offense moves exceptionally well when he's playing quarterback. He finds a way to make a lot of plays work. He's throwing the ball really well, and I don't think anybody has any questions about his athletic ability or speed. If he's one of the best players to have on the field and he's not playing quarterback, then we'll certainly uh, look for opportunities to make sure that our best players are out there. That's really telling, and it's, it's, it's an answer to a question and exceptionally well and and that that goes a long way how 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 is the team responding how is it moving how's it performing in the red zone okay with your quarterback and it's not that adrian can't go be better in the red zone it's not that adrian can't get more help in the red zone we'll see i look at this and, and maybe this is to my beers half full 
but this is a, a really good problem to have, and I think you can you can use both without it styming the offense, and I think it will shake itself out. But uh, you'll need to make a call on who's taking that first snap, and you've got to be considerate as well. A, you need to, to do what's best for the team first and foremost. B, you got to be a great teammate if you aren't the starter and still get playing time. So I don't know how that will shake out because I'm not Adrian Martinez. I'm not Luke McCaffrey. And if I'm Adrian Martinez, I've had to fight like hell, not only to to, to get healthy and, and get back, but also fend off this dude. And he ain't going anywhere. That'll make you really, really good uh, and, and maybe take you to levels Nebraska fans haven't seen and maybe levels you haven't seen yourself uh, perform at. And I think it's in there for Adrian. So I'm rooting for Adrian. I'm also rooting for McCaffrey. I don't, they're in a bad call here. Uh, and that's something to be said about Nebraska and their quarterback room and the work they have put in. Let's be honest. The way college football is gone the first three or four weeks. Maybe it'll be different in the Big Ten, and we'll hear from Scott Frost on that. <laughs> You're going to need about 50 points to win a game. Any league. That's not a shot at Nebraska's defense. That's the way college football's gone the first uh, few weeks. Uh, let's talk Omar Manning. And uh, that was uh, a question here, an Omar update, and the wide receiver rotation. What's the latest on the uh, the prize prospect uh, the transferred in from TCU. Yeah, I think that's still a work in progress right now. Uh, when Omar's been out there, he's looked really good. He's been dealing with some health things that kind of kept him in and out. We need him out there more consistently if he's going to uh, help us the way that we expect him to and hope that he will. Kind of the same. Uh, Wandale's been there for the most part and been nicked up a little bit. Elante Brown's been out there nicked up a little bit. Cade Warner's been pretty consistent. It's been good to see. Uh, I've had some other guys that uh, look like they're stepping up. Um, so I, I, I think I'm pleased overall with the depth and the play at that position, uh, but that needs to work itself out pretty quickly, who's healthy and who's available, and, and we need to get dialed in for the first game. You know, it's, it's hard to, to kind of get cohesive and ramp up and, and get your ones ready to go if, if there's been some nagging injuries and you got to have Wandale, you want Alante Brown, and you sure as hell want – Omar Manning, a follow-up. This was uh, from Brian Christofferson to give him credit uh, to get more, get some more specifics here on uh, that wide receiver spot with Omar Manning. Do you expect Omar to be available right off the bat for you? I hope so. The rest of the, the state of Nebraska hopes so. That's not a no. It's not a yes. It's, it's not a maybe. It's a, well, I will put it near the maybe category, but it's a hope right now. So a couple of last thoughts here from, from Scott Frost here before we get to Mitch Sherman. Uh, offensive line has, has been nice. Uh, another key question mark's been the outside linebacker spot, and we'll spend some time with Mitch Sherman on that. But do you have some, some dudes to come off the edge 
stop the run and get after the quarterback. Here's Frost on that outside linebacker position. I see improvement. You know, if we just get the guys that we had last year playing with the right technique and being true to their assignment, we'll be better at that position right right out the gate. Coach Dawson's done a good job with that. Uh, we've had a couple guys nicked up at that position all through camp, and so haven't had the consistency like I talked about with Cade. Nothing serious, but just guys missing a little bit of time here and there. That's a position that, you know, in my time at Nebraska, we had some real guys coming off the edge. Shoot, Dante Jones and Grant Wistrom and Trev Alberts and Jared Tomich and Vandenbosch and the Kelseys and Rucker and just a lot of guys. If you're going to have a really good defense, you need guys that, that scare people coming off the edge and do a good job setting the edge for your defense. I've been impressed with the improvement I've seen it from guys of that position. Um, we need to get everybody healthy and get everybody ready for the first game. <laughs> That's a list, and that's a first or second round list where Nebraska had guys that just murdered opposing quarterbacks. That's where it needs to get back to. That's the uh, kind of the missing element. Obviously, tackle better, be, be better in space, and that's defensive college football. But go get a dude off the edge like a Mike Kroll. That's going way back, like a Broderick Thomas, like a Randy Gregory, right? Mitch Sherman's on the way. More thoughts on the quarterback competition. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. We say hi to Mitch Sherman from the Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter. Mitch, uh, pretty interesting uh, day today with Coach Frost when it comes to the quarterback competition. First and foremost, man, how you doing? I'm all right. I'm all right. We haven't talked in a while, so I just wanted to pass along my condolences to you and hope uh, you are doing well. I am uh, hanging in there. Appreciate you, man. Thank you for for that. And uh, we're uh, gearing up for football. Uh, excited about for that. Sure. Getting a chance to, to cover the team again. And I uh, I want to go. Can can Coach Frost go wee backs at the quarterback spot for for Nebraska this year? Mitch, what do you make of this this competition? And what you what you take away from Coach Frost today on on Adrian and, and McCaffrey? I really didn't think we were going to be in this position when spring ball got canceled. I figured, well, that's kind of the end of it. You know, if Luke McCaffrey or at that time Noah Vedrill was on the roster, I figured if one of those guys was going to make a run at Adrian's position, and it is Adrian's position, he's held it for two years since uh, the first day of his true freshman season, before his true freshman season, the last week of fall camp that year, um, I figured that the, the challenger was going to need to uh, – to do great things in spring practice. And, you know, I guess in a way we kind of got that spring just several months later <laughs> during this, uh, during this delay. That's kind of what, what August and September became in a, in a disjointed kind of way where they had practice and they didn't have practice and they didn't know how many hours they could work and they didn't know when they were going to play a game. And it looks like Luke McCaffrey just kept his head down through all of that and continued to improve. And I know from, from our opportunity to talk with Luke last week that it was extremely beneficial for him to, to be at home for a period of that time and to work out with his dad, who's the head coach at UNC uh, out there in Greeley, to work out with 
his brother, Dylan, who's now on the transfer market after having been at Michigan for a few years, with his brother, Max, who has a background in football. And, oh, yeah, a guy named Christian McCaffrey, too, was there uh, doing some work uh, that uh, seems to have made quite an impression on young Luke uh, as he as he gets into this quarterback competition. And it, it is a quarterback competition that Nebraska seems to have on its hands uh, barely a week away from the opener. Mitch Sherman's with us from The Athletic at Mitch Sherman on Twitter is where you follow Mitch. And, you know, I if I'm leaning today and I, I just think with, with Adrian's experience, maybe he gets the nod. Uh, now, does he – keep the job if he's not performing well and that that has a lot to do with 10 other guys and that seems to be in a better spot offensively maybe Luke because you know there's not not a starter been named yet I mean there's still a window for him to to go win the job Mitch what's your take on on seeing both of them at the same time or rotating in and I ask that because it's not common but it's been done before. I mean, Ohio State had a, a quarterback merry-go-round due to injury with Barrett, Cardale, and Braxton. And then I think mm-hmm. back to, to Leak and Tebow uh, when yeah. Urban was down at, at Florida. I mean, you had some special, specifically red zone uh, plays for, for Tim Tebow. And I'm not comparing Nebraska's quarterbacks to those guys. I'm just saying, listen, it, it's, it's a situation that could call for it. Well, you know, I think this is going to be Nebraska's own version of that. I mean, clearly the Ohio State one that you referenced was because of injury. Mm-hmm. You know, Braxton Miller would have been the guy that entire season if he had stayed healthy. Um, Tebow, this is this is not. I don't. I don't think this is. Uh, you know, Scott Frost going going Urban Meyer um, here. They're, they're, Nebraska's going to have its own version of a two quarterback system, whatever that is. I don't think there's going to be one guy all year taking snaps at quarterback, and I don't think you're going to see those two, especially McCaffrey, limited to playing only the quarterback position. Uh, it's, it's very much to be determined how this thing is going to break down. Um, I don't expect to see them alternate series or alternate quarters or alternate snaps uh, <laughs> within series. And I don't know that, that Frost and Lubick and Verduzco at this point know exactly how they're going to break it down. But I think Luke McCaffrey, you know, with his unique set of skills, is going to have packages in this offense that work for him at multiple positions if he is not the clear-cut number one quarterback and, and, and taking all of the snaps. If, if Adrian is still the guy who runs out there on the first play of the game and you know, stands behind Cam Jurgens, there's going to be a set of plays, a, a type of pl- a, a, a series here, um, plays at a different spot, you know, him on the field as a decoy. Adrian split wide with Luke at quarterback, which I think we saw um, briefly against Iowa mm-hmm. for, what, one play last year. There's going to be all kinds of stuff. I mean, if, if there's ever a year, and you know, I've written this throughout the pandemic and I've probably said it to you, but if there's ever a year to just let it all hang out and say, well, you know, you're, you're, you're just kind of playing with house money. I mean, this is like a – I mean, football means everything in Nebraska, but this is this is like – this year's like a freebie. I mean, it doesn't even count for these guys' eligibility. So just go for it. And, you know, one of the ways you can do that, I think, is, is just to get a little bit crazy with these quarterbacks. And I think that's what we're headed toward. It is a delicate position to coach, to recruit, and to retain. That's the mm-hmm. next question. I mean, that, that's you got to do what's best for the team first and foremost and do what's best for the kid. 
but this isn't uh, Junior's flag football team from years ago. I mean, he was on the field, right, because he paid his money. Uh, Somebody may not get the time they want. How do you navigate that? Well, you have to, first of all, you have to know who you have in these quarterbacks. And I don't think you make decisions based on how one player is going to react to, to being on the bench if, in fact, that's where he is. Um, you, you know, you, I think they've determined that both of these guys are among the best athletes that they have on the entire offense. So you get creative and you find ways to get them on the field. And if that doesn't make both of them happy or one of them happy, and there are ramifications there. You know, that's why you have a recruiting class every year. I mean, this is happening around the country, and it's only going to get more pronounced with with transfer rules very much changing. I mean, news is breaking almost every day on on what's to come with with transfers. I mean, I I think we can safely say at this point that it's likely a guy can enter enter the transfer portal right now and not have to worry about sitting out next year if if his um, his grades are in order um, and his you know his academic standing is in is in a good place. Um, so it's kind of like this is a brave new world that we're walking into, and we're not walking into it in January. You're there right now. Um, if 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 one of these guys feels that they've been shortchanged, hey, they can walk out the door. They're not going to go play some somewhere else this fall, but uh, it's um, it is delicate. And, and and I don't think you can coach in a way that uh, reflects that all, all that much. It, you, you need to coach in a way that's going to serve your team the best. And the good thing for Nebraska right now in this specific situation, it's not always the case when you have two good quarterbacks, but I think it is in this specific situation, is the way that serves the team best is to involve both of them in the offense on a regular, consistent, series-by-series basis. Mitch, a thought on Omar Manning and Nebraska's wide receivers. Coach Frost hinted at some of the guys being dinged, uh, Alante Brown and Wandale Robinson, and and it's been documented about Omar per Coach Frost missing some time. But, you know, what's your gut feel, or do you have any idea uh, about Omar Manning and his availability uh, what do you think plays out here in the next week as kickoff looms Saturday, a week from Saturday? I don't know anything more than what Scott said or what Matt Lubick has said and, and, and what others, I guess it's mainly those two who have spoken on it, um, but I don't expect that we're going to see him in any kind of significant role against Ohio State. It doesn't sound promising. We haven't heard from uh, other players on the offense. They, they've, they've really avoided talking about him, been asked multiple times, uh, multiple guys have, you know, who who has stood out at receiver in camp. And I think Omar at this point um, has missed enough time. Um, and as a newcomer to this program, uh, where, where he, he's got to work his way back in, if 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 you know if he gets back to practice, when he if he gets back to practice, um, or if he's back now, mm-hmm. which is possible, he's going to have to work his way back in. And, and, and unless something really changes in the tone. With 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 the way that this situation looks, I wouldn't look for him to be playing on on October 24th next Saturday um, in Columbus, Ohio. The the other guys, I mean, Wandale and and Alante Brown are like your Ferrari and, and Rolls Royce in this offense. They you know you get a little ding and and it hurts. So they've got to be at, at you know they've they've got to be all shined up. To uh, to real and, and that's not just I'm not commenting on their toughness. I mean, Wandell right. played through all kinds of stuff last year, 
but they're finely tuned and they're, they're at their best when everything's going right. So, and it's been a physical camp for Nebraska. They needed to have a physical camp because it's been so long since they were in pads and because you're opening with Ohio State and Wisconsin and it was a shorter camp than usual. Um, you know, sometimes the, um, the, the result of that is that you're going to get guys who twist ankles or tweak hamstrings, you know, or, or you know, hurt a shoulder, whatever it might be. And, you know, it's probably best at this point, if they've been dinged up, to have them take a rest for a few days and hope that it's not a lingering thing and that both of those guys can be healthy. Because if you don't have Omar Manning, you need Wandale and Alante Brown. And that's like one and one A at your slot receiver spot. And they can, they can really stress a defense. Um, and I think there's ways to get both of those guys on the field at the same time. Mitch Sherman's with us. Mitch, about a minute. I know you asked about the outside linebackers. Uh, what, what's your takeaway with, with that spot? Uh, I know they've been nicked up as well, but is there some, some options at that outside backer spot to be better than last year? You know, we just haven't heard a lot about a ton of the personnel there this, this fall other than JoJo Doman. Um, haven't heard a ton of talk about Caleb Tanner. Haven't heard a ton of talk about Garrett Nelson. Um, you know, you assume that a young guy like um, Blaze Gunnerson is, is I mean, he's able to play. You don't have to, you don't have to, you don't have to um, keep him to four games. There's all kinds of, there's, there's names there and there's scholarships there that are, that are occupied. Um, you know, Feldarius Payne as a junior college guy has moved down to that spot. Um, you got Nico Cooper there as another junior college guy who's come in. I would say of all the positions on the team, that one to me, and maybe that number two running back position, are, are most unclear right now as we sit about 10 days from the opener. So, you know, we'll see. Hope to hear more um, when we get to talk to Eric Shenander next next week. But um, I, I'm, I'm uncertain as to, as to how the depth and even that second starting spot is going to look at outside linebacker. Mitch, uh, always appreciate you, man. Awesome stuff. Great work, as always, with The Athletic. And we'll get caught up again next week and uh, almost time for kickoff. Bud, thanks for the time today. Sounds good. Thanks, Chris. All right. There he is, Mitch Sherman with The Athletic. Follow him on Twitter at Mitch Sherman. And uh, Damon Barr going to have the uh, the interview here up on ESPNLincoln.com on demand. And also uh, some thoughts posted on Twitter from Mitch. More from Frost. We'll dive back into the quarterback discussion. Hail Varsity continues presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Good stuff from Mitch Sherman. We are 25 minutes away. Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Network, Big Ten Buffet time. We'll talk uh, with Rick. More thoughts on Nebraska and the quarterback job that is still a competition between Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. Uh, Refresh that from Coach Frost a little bit earlier. Can join us at 466-37-76-466-37-76-800-825-5865. Thought Mitch had some good points on the quarterback battle. And, uh, you know, what... You tell me, what do you expect from Nebraska at the the quarterback spot? Uh, you going to name a starter? Got to do it here by Monday, I'd assume. And uh, I think you'll, if I'm putting my money down, I think Adrian wins the job. But I think you're going to see Luke, and you're going to see Luke in similar fashion to last year. 
and uh, away you go with with an offense. The thing that gives me pause on that is the fact that you have uh, Coach Frost in his own words earlier today. The offense runs exceptionally well. And that is music to Nebraska fans' ears. And and I, I you just want a quarterback if you're a, a Nebraska fan that's going to go play at a high level and get the job done and be a difference maker, right? I mean, we see the quarterbacks that are difference makers in college football right now, and it's Trevor Lawrence. Uh, it's it's at Ohio State, and really that's been it. It's been Marcus Mariota. It's been Tua. It's been Jalen Hurts. It's been pick a transfer that went to Oklahoma. I mean, that's been your difference maker along with uh, a pretty reliable defense. So I'm going to bring Damon Barr in here at Damon Barr, two R's on Twitter. So we'll play a little bit of this audio, but you had Nebraska football just released the legend of the black shirts. It's about a two minute video and uh, says, you know what? Available in stores on the 26th of October worn by the Huskers in 2020 with a couple, three question marks. Stay tuned. And this is pretty much the attack on the walking dead. Zombies are running for their life. Some dude with long blonde hair and a number 20 in a white jersey with the black shirt, skull and bones on each shoulder pad and a black N and stripe and face mask uh, is terrorizing the living dead in a video. It's very apropos as we're halfway home through October. Good enough, man. And go get uh, get a jersey at your favorite Husker shop. Those will be really cool to have. Can you get a holy terror off the edge? We, we wrapped up with Mitch Sherman on that about outside linebacker. And I like the bodies. I'm interested in Nico Cooper. I'm also interested in Payne, Phil Darius. And what can those guys grasp? What can you ask them to go do? What can they do off the edge when it comes to third down and getting after a quarterback? And then you've got the the usual suspects there with JoJo and Tanner and and Garrett Nelson, guys that have been in the system. And JoJo's, he's your key, obviously, because he's played a lot of ball. It's about assignments for him and discipline. Great ball player, tremendous athlete. Splash play maker. But you got to go with that discipline and uh, assignment sound football. And he'd be the first to tell you that. Garrett Nelson was learning a lot as he played with his hair on fire last year. And the guy you're waiting to see a jump from is Caleb Tanner, high profile recruit, SEC footprint. He's got all the measurables. Does he have it in him to? Be that difference maker. Uh, get coached up. Be coachable. And and go kill it because he's a good dude and a heck of a football player. You're just waiting to see it translate into Big Ten football. So uh, to be determined is the, is the take. Now, we got to ask an, another question here on these jerseys. Do you break these out ahead of Wisconsin with Barry coming to town? And them Badgers? Or is it the typical, let's do the throwback unis on the road against Northwestern? Because a lot of 
alternate uniform games have been against Northwestern. I think the last time you won at Northwestern, it was the alternate uniform game with the uh, the matted white, which was pretty cool. I mean, Nebraska unloaded on uh, on Northwestern, which doesn't happen a whole heck of a lot. Those are overtime. You need seven courts of crown to get through. So let's go back to the quarterbacks here. And uh, when it comes to Adrian playing at a high level, Luke playing at a high level, uh, the, the thing that is going to be key for me is what do you get from an injury standpoint and what do you get from Adrian out of his legs? He plays his best football when he's also able to run the football. It, I, you know, I haven't talked to him yet this year, and that's fine. And he's been a little busy. But you just wonder, with his injury history, is he able to let it fly? Matt, Mitch nailed it with let it all hang out this year. Can a guy who, bless his heart, has shown incredible perseverance from a, from a shoulder issue, his senior year of high school, by the way. And then you, you had the uh, WWE move by the uh, scumbag in Colorado that he missed time for. And then you had the issue against Northwestern last year. He's been dinged. Can he go full bore as a running quarterback and, and play fear-free? It's a legit question. And if I'm him, if I'm in his shoes, you want to be able to play free and carefree and not worry about, well, do I tuck and run here or am I worried about getting hit? Am I worried about getting hurt? And you saw him really kind of put it into an extra gear against Illinois last year. You saw him make some plays with his legs. That was Nebraska's best play in the red zone was – Hymas pulling in from left tackle and on the quarterback lead, the draw. That's That was Nebraska, aside from, from Mills, towards the end of the season. Nebraska's best play in the red zone was running the quarterback. And if he's in there and he wins the job, he's got to be able to do that again, but outside of the red zone and have that freedom to run and have that ability to play carefree, and not worried about injury. And if I'm calling plays, I'm going to call as many run plays as he's comfortable with without getting him killed, clearly. But he was your second leading rusher last year with over 600 yards. He's got the ability, both of them do, to be 1,000-yard rushers and multi-thousand-yard passers if this offense is clearly clicking. And uh, run just enough to be dangerous, run just enough to keep the defense honest, run just enough to give the defense a headache. But if you're really great at it, it's that extra element that, again, look at Trevor Lawrence, not known as a runner, but what turned the game around for them against Ohio State was Lawrence with his legs. We'll wind down our one. It's Hale Varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now, and now back to Hale Varsity Radio. About a little less than an hour away, Cedric Golden going to be with us, Austin American statesman. Rick Pizzo's 10 minutes away. Wonderful to be with you. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented 
by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr, 466-3776-466-3776-800. A25586585. Full look here as we've retweeted at Schmidt underscore radio from the Nebraska football Twitter handle, the uh, the black shirt gear uh, for uh, that's likely the alternative uniform that's not been declared yet, but it looks like it. So you're going to have black pants with the red N and uh, white tops with the skull and bones on the shoulder pad and the black stripe instead of the red stripe, black face mask and uh, black N instead of the red N. So someone's asking if you wear it against Ohio State. I'd pick a different game. Just saying. So excited to talk to Rick Pizzo coming up here. Um, <laughs> yay or nay? What are you giving that video out of 10? It, it was, I give it an 11 when it comes to creepy. 11 out of 10 uh, when, it, when it comes to creepy. The production value is off the charts. I mean, if that's what we're talking about here, it, it was a well-produced video. It was really creepy, honestly. Like, I'm, I'm surprised this is coming out from the Husker Cisco and Ebert bar here. <laughs> As a film connoisseur myself, no, that I, I like the vibe from this video. It the 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 black shirts need to be a little scary, and that's kind of what they're going for here. I get it. It's October. Maybe they'll break these out for Halloween. Who knows? Yeah, because you got uh, Wisconsin on Halloween. Maybe you do it. Maybe you do it there. And it it's way better than the original Nebraska Wisconsin with the ugly uniform game. That was horrific. The only good thing that happened there, if you're a Nebraska fan, is the fact that you came back and you won. And that's the first and last time you beat Wisconsin. That hurts to say out loud if you're a Nebraska fan. So a lot of Friday games. We'll get into that with Pizzo. Wisconsin hosting Illinois, Minnesota's at Maryland. And then uh, the Gophers have cornered the Friday night market, Iowa visits uh, row your boat land so does purdue then black friday nebraska and iowa we'll talk to piso about that the importance of getting that locked in if you're nebraska and uh, uh, i also want to get into the quarterback discussion here you know what it, the the take is this it's a good thing for nebraska to have an ongoing competition the take is it's a good thing for nebraska to have both guys in the system that they're really comfortable with, that the offense is performing well, uh, exceptionally well under Luke McCaffrey. And the fact that you can break him out and have him catch a bubble and take off or flip it to him on an ode to Crouch, since we're talking tributes here. Uh, The old uh, 41 Black Flash reverse. Probably screwed that play call up, but most of the words were right in there. So bring it on. And the way defenses have played football so far in the SEC, in the Big 12, in the ACC, give me one more dude on your starting 11 offensively that can crack another big play on a defense that clearly so far, and may not be this way in the Big 10 that are way out of sync. Rick Pizzo's next Big Ten Buffet. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. 
Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. In the hour two, it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. It is Big Ten Buffet time. We're going to talk some Big Red football and Big Ten signal callers. We say hi to Rick Pizzo. Big Ten Buffet at BTN. Rick Pizzo. Mr. Rick, it's been a while, man. How you doing? Chris, life is good, my friend. We are inside two weeks until we see real football on the field inside the Big Ten. I think it's kind of hysterical that the league has just been sitting by kind of watching all this carnage over the first three weeks. I mean, we're wondering right now, is anybody actually good? I guess we know Clemson's really good and Alabama's offense is really good. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm not sure what we really know about the world of college football, and we're you know, a week and a half into October already. Carnage is, is the word, man. That's That best describes my putting uh, on, on Saturday and uh, <laughs> best describes defenses around college football. So let me start there before we dive into some Nebraska. Will Big Ten defenses be different here less than two weeks from now? Uh, are they going to be still giving up point, points by the boatload because that's just how it is in 2020? Or... Will they be a little bit more locked down, sufficient, or efficient uh, when it comes to, to taking on one another? You know, it's interesting because obviously college football has changed a lot over the past 10, 15 years with the advent of first the RPO and the spread and these quarterbacks that can do so many things. And it seems like every time the defense catches up over the last 10 years, the offense finds a new wrinkle or something different. I mean, you look at... Gary Patterson is the great example, right? He mm-hmm. built his program and he built his name on defense. But TCU didn't become really good, a national name, until they also found some really good offensive guys. And Andy Dalton, who could lead them to a lot of points. And that happened throughout all of college football. And it happened to the Big Ten a little bit later, I think, than some other conferences, just because... I think the league recruited for defense so much more for so long, understanding that you had to have great defenses to win. Now, as all these teams also start to become more dynamic offensively, there is so much pressure put on defensive coordinators to find solutions. So to answer your question, I think the Big Ten defenses will be better than many of the defenses that you've seen this year so far, certainly from the Big 12. I still think a lot better than many of the teams in the SEC. Alabama is a perfect example. I mean, their offense is great. Where is their defense right now? But I don't think you can rely on defense as much today as you could five, ten years ago. You have to score points to win in college football. That's all there is to it. You've got to win situationally, right? You've got to be good in the red zone. You've got to be good on third down defensively. And you got to get after the quarterback, turnovers. right? And and that's that's it. And I look at that evolution with the Big Ten. I think of Kevin Wilson and and just how high flying those Indiana offenses were. I think of Urban and just how much raw power, but explosiveness that existed with the Ohio State teams when he was there, and and even with with Tressel and and of course uh, now with Day. Uh, James Franklin's man with McSorley, they were a party to watch. Uh, Penn State was great, yep, and, and then Saquon Barkley. I mean, yeah. Saquon Barkley. I mean, they had a ton of talent. 
they did. And then Durkin, before he was uh, let go, I mean, that Maryland team was scoring boatloads of points. So it's a different Big Ten. Let's shift to Nebraska. And uh, Scott Frost had his Zoom presser today. And the, the competition remains fluid here between Adrian Martinez and Luke McCaffrey. Does that surprise you that there's not a, a leader in the quarterback room yet? It does not. I think you and I spoke about this at the end of last year. I got to see McCaffrey in flashes. I think he was outstanding in trying to bring Nebraska back in that loss to Indiana when a couple of quarterbacks, Martinez, I don't believe he even dressed for that he game. And if he did, he played. He did not play. And then Bedrill got hurt as well in that game and saw McCaffrey come in and do some terrific things. And I think at the end of the day, in week one, it's probably still Adrian's job. But I don't think this is a situation, Chris, where it's even McCaffrey just has some packages. You know, I think he is in there for legitimate amounts of series. This is not just a he's in there to run two or three plays. This is not a Taysom Hill with the Saints type of situation. It's just not going to be that way. He has too much raw talent, and Adrian has made too many mistakes. Now, if we see Martinez play in the first couple of weeks, taking 80% of the snaps and playing with the explosiveness and the fearlessness that he played with in his first year without making the mistakes that he made in year two, then maybe I see this in a different way. But uh, I'm going to stop short of saying it's a two-quarterback system when we start the season for Nebraska, but I wouldn't be surprised at all if it was something very close to that. Rick Pizzo's with us, Big Ten Buffet, Hale Varsity Radio. Have you had conversations with Urban uh, about that or just other coaches? Because it's a great problem to have, except it's 2020, and uh, you have the, the spot of all spots is quarterback, and everyone transfers, right? So, I mean, you want to yep. keep that quarterback room uh, healthy and full. That said, uh, any anything come to your mind in past conversations with coaches about – Dealing, it's a great problem, but also managing that that quarterback, that starter, but also the guy that can can give you a spark and you want to lean on as well if, if he ends up beating up an incumbent out. Yeah, I think it's fascinating that you actually mentioned Urban at the beginning of that question because obviously when we look back to his days at Florida, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't just Tim Tebow. Everybody forgets that Chris Lee, I mean, this was a split-time situation, right? And, and then Tebow became Urban's guy. And, you know, J.T. Parrott... When J.T. Barrett took over, he only took over late in the year because of a serious injury. And, and then Barrett becomes Urban's guy, right? And, and I think that Urban was one of those coaches who understood the need for a change of pace, but he did it with play calling. And yet at the end of the day, he wanted a guy under center. And this is why J.T. Barrett took so much criticism, even for all the games that he won. Everybody was calling for the backup, and is Barrett the right guy? And we want Cardale Jones instead. Urban trusted J.T. Barrett on third and short to get the first down each and every time. And when it comes down to it for head coaches, it is not about the quarterback with the best arm. It is not about the quarterback with the best speed. It is about the quarterback who in those crucial situations in the biggest games picks up the one yard they need, whether it's on the ground, whether it's finding the receiver on a little comeback. They don't care about the guys that throw those 80-yard bombs. Those are nice, but you do those usually in blowout games. They care about the guys who in those moments pick up the tough yards, and that's why I think if you ask 90% of the coaches, they would tell you, 
I just want one guy who I trust each and every Saturday. Fair point. And, and that takes a while to, to gain that trust. And we've seen great moments from Adrian. We've seen a, a dinged Adrian. And I think you nailed it earlier uh, with the the fearlessness. Does he play fearless? Does he play free? Do we see an Adrian that we saw glimpses of? As you look at Nebraska, Rick, and we'll get more in-depth with it here the closer to Ohio State we get. But, you know, what what is an expectation you have for Nebraska here in 2020? I don't need a win number, but just a look. You've seen this team a lot. Yeah, it, it has to be a situation, Chris, where we are not into the middle of November where it's not even Thanksgiving yet and we're starting to talk about next year. That's what can't happen, right? You cannot be in a situation where you've played five or six games. I don't care how difficult the schedule is at the start, and it's brutal. Mm-hmm. There's, I'm not making any – there's, there's no argument to be made against the fact that Nebraska's first four games are as hard as any four games to start the season that any team in the country, not just the Big Ten, will play this year. There's no doubt about it. But you can't be in a situation where five to six weeks in, you're already starting to get ready for 2021 because there's been too much of that over the past 15 years. That just can't happen. You need to find a way, the Northwestern game, who knows with the Penn State game, what exactly is Wisconsin this year with an unproven quarterback? I mean, you need to find a way to split those games. You really do. And I know that's a tough ask. I know it is, but if you can split those games and win your next two and you're suddenly sitting at four and two with three to play, then we have a lot of positives to talk about. You go out and spit the bit and lose four straight or even go one and three, and then you're in a situation where you're playing in week five and you're in a must-win, that's what can't happen this year for Nebraska. You have to believe that 2020 can be something special throughout all of 2020. The time to look forward and say next year is our year, that time is over. Rick Pizzo's with us. Big Ten Buffet, Hale Varsity Radio at BTN. Rick Pizzo. And th- you're right. There's been a lot of, well, let's check into next year or where's this team going to be at. There's been moments where it's come down to a play or a defensive call or a field goal or go down the list here in some close games. What's what's been the the biggest thing that sticks out to you about Nebraska in close games? I know they've not won many of them, but overall, as you look at the program, what have you noticed? Have they been moving towards kind of turning that fortune around? Yeah, I did think I saw signs last year, Chris. And as you know, I ended up just by luck of the draw covering a ton of Nebraska Mm -hmm. games on sidelines last year. And I thought that even though they weren't able to close out those games, on many occasions, there were a bunch of times where I saw things and I saw belief in players that I hadn't seen in the past. I saw Nebraska losing those games because of mistakes and execution, but not because guys were being mentally tired or physically tired. I felt like physically they were much closer to where they needed to be. And that's going to be really important this year with nine straight weeks, no bye weeks, who knows what you're going to be able to do from a training camp situation over the next 11 days and also what you do when you get into camp with all the COVID restrictions and if you're playing extra time because somebody on your team has to be placed in those COVID quarantines or contract tracing protocol restrictions. So 
This is going to be a grind. And I saw last year Nebraska make that physical step forward. This year, it's about making the execution step forward. Now you're in shape to do it. Now you know you can do it. This is the year that you have to show me you're actually able to do it when it matters in the fourth quarter. Rick, a thought on Nebraska and Iowa continuing through uh, COVID-2020, their Black Friday rendezvous. What do you think of that happening for Nebraska? It's supposed to be Minnesota-Nebraska the day after Thanksgiving. I should say the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I love it. I think it's absolutely – I think that's the way it should be. I I mean, listen – I respect what the Big Ten is trying to do here is keep as many traditions as possible in a non-traditional year. And no, it is not the end of the year. And no, it is not exactly what we would expect in a normal year. But holy cow, Chris. I mean, what has been normal in 2020? Nothing. I mean, I'm a guy who is a glass half full, and I enjoy every day of my life, and I find something positive. And I, I, as much as I'm looking forward to football, uh, just like everybody else in the world right now, I'm looking forward to January 1, 2021, because next year's got to be better, right? So the Big Ten is doing everything it can in its power right now to appeal to the fans who believe in tradition and who understand how important tradition is inside the Big Ten in a year that is as untraditional as any year we've ever experienced in our lifetime. Let's touch on the TV side of things. You know that well. You host a number of shows with BTN. You do sidelines. I mean, you're all over it. And I really like the way things have rolled out. I mean, Nebraska's got Black Friday. Nebraska's opening up with a great audience, potentially, with Ohio State on, on Big Noon Kickoff with Fox. But also just the BTN slate, man. I mean, there's some really impressive games. And Minnesota's kind of cornered the Friday night market. I, there was some talk about Friday night games. There have been some Friday night games. But uh, you know what? There's a pretty good showcase opportunity for Fleck and company up there. Yeah, there really is. And listen, let me address the Friday nights first. Because I understand, you know, I totally understand the concept that many people believe in that Friday night is for high school football. And it is. But... Like I just said, this is the year like no other. And with the compacted schedule and with the way that the television partners work and a lot of that inventory not being available on Saturday right now anyway, Mm -hmm. there had to be other avenues. And I know every avenue was explored. I I mean, I I think that other days of the week were considered as well. And that was the best spot to put the quote-unquote non-traditional games. So, yes, Minnesota has a great opportunity when they're – in a lot of situations, the only game in town, if you will. I mean, look at next weekend, right? The Big Ten season actually kicks off on Big Ten Network. We have Wisconsin-Illinois, the rematch of last year's epic upset by the Illini. It's a Friday night game at Camp Randall. It's the only power conference game that day. It's the first game of the Big Ten season. Everybody wants to see what Lovey has and Wisconsin with a new quarterback. I mean, we are really blessed. And then we had a triple header on Saturday, noon, 3.30, and prime time as well. So, yeah, this the schedule, I think, television-wise, is going to work out really well for the Big Ten. I know part of it for the Big Ten Network. We are remarkably excited to have mm-hmm. what we have. And, uh, you know, I'm fired up to be you know in Madison for week one and watch Wisconsin-Illinois go around and badge and try to get some revenge last year. Rick, uh, about 20 seconds. Any thought? Will the, the fans and stands be revisited after a couple of weeks or – Time will tell. Any idea? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I don't have any information, yep. but I'll say this. 
that if that was revisited, I would be as shocked as anything else. I just don't think it makes any sense sure. right now, as much as fans want to go, it is about getting the student athletes out there, getting the games on television. And I think at the end of the day, the logical fans understand the reasoning behind it. Rick Pizzo, Big Ten Buffet at BTN. Rick Pizzo is where you find him on Twitter. Rick, awesome to get caught up, man. Thanks for talking some ball. We'll do this again real soon. Hey, man, I love it. Great to catch up, Chris. Take care. Thank you. Appreciate you. Rick Pizzo with us. Big Ten Network. And uh, that was a fun chat. That'll get posted. ESPN Lincoln On Demand. Also on Twitter. And uh, we'll dive in. Some Austin Allen thoughts. The big old tight end found his way to the mic. And some insight to the Husker offense coming up. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut preteen Swedish boy. Thanks for hanging out. Good stuff from Rick Pizzo. It's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt. Damon Barr, plenty of talk here on the quarterback competition. What's it going to take to unseat Adrian? And uh, I think Rick nailed it. And I don't know that Adrian can get unseated if he's playing fearless and he's playing fast and he's using his legs and he has uh, that confidence about him, but he's got to be able to play confident. And I think he will. But you just worry about the concern with injury, and that's human nature. Uh, McCaffrey, though, is a guy that uh, you just love to get as a Nebraska fan when it came to the recruiting trail and then the the work that he put in to make himself better. And we, we haven't seen a large enough sample size to say, dude can sling the football, but if the head coach and the wide receiver slash offensive coordinator is saying, guys, doing work, I mean, that's got to make you smile as a Nebraska fan. Uh, so we've kind of beat to death the, the no order, no pecking order of the quarterback. Uh, what you do know is you still have practices and still decisions are needed to be made, and there's still hope that Omar Manning will uh, be catching footballs in Columbus. It just doesn't sound like that is something to, to put money on right now. A few more thoughts from from Scott Frost and uh, – uh, let's go back to Saturday and the scrimmage from Coach Frost. Uh, we'll start off with overall how practices have been, and uh, then we'll get to some of the scrimmage thoughts here. But but things, I mean, it's been a physical camp, and you need it to be that way. So you, you see your defense making tackles and hits, uh, and it's not 48-47 with a third overtime to go. I mean, that's... That's the reality of what's been going on in college football. Offenses are ahead of defenses, and defenses aren't ready for the necessity of tackling in space against spread offenses. You know, we're, we're trying to get a lot of live hitting in, uh, but in a manageable way where we can try to keep the guys as healthy as we can. Um, there's no substitute for that. Guys need to be hit and hold on to the ball. Guys need to tackle in the open field. Guys need to uh, be able to do those things. we got to get our guys ready for first game. Uh, having to fast track that a little bit because of how this schedule is played out. Big Ten football's physical. It's grinding. It's big bodies. It's powerful, right? You've never doubted the physicality of the Big Ten. And Nebraska is uh, is getting there physically. 
Uh, it comes down to the execution side of things like Pizzo touched on uh, as that next step. And Nebraska got some big dudes. They, they do. We'll hear from Austin Allen, one of the biggest dudes, in just a moment. But uh, more from, Fa- from, from Coach Frost specifically on last Saturday's scrimmage. I was fairly impressed with the running and hitting. I thought the offense moved the ball well. Defense played well at times. Some good things both ways, but some things we need to clean up. Okay, so there we go. Um, okay, get better at some of the things. There you have it. And uh, exceptionally well is what's ringing through my mind uh, with Scott Frost uh, when it came to his uh, his answer to if Luke McCaffrey is going to be playing any other spot aside from quarterback. Some more from Scott Frost here. And... Uh, specifically here, uh, getting ramped up. I mean, don't kid yourself. It's been a process for these guys to stay COVID-free and doing the right things off the field and being locked in when it came to making that jump from two hours or five hours or whatever the hell it was uh, before the Big Ten loosened their restrictions. I think the attitude's good. We're The guys are handling uh, the added responsibilities to be compliant with um, our COVID regulations. They're handling that really well. I think the guys are excited to play. You know, the last couple months have been challenged, mo- mostly because we were one of the ones really fighting to make sure that we could play. I think it's the right thing to do. I think what we're doing is the right thing. It's what our kids wanted to do. I think they're safe. Uh, we're going to try to continue to work to make sure that they stay safe. Playing football this year was the right thing to do, and I'm glad we're there. And I I hope our kids take advantage of this opportunity. Last thought here from Scott Frost. And, you know, the third phase of football that has hurt Nebraska has been special teams. Uh, He was asked about that and uh, gave a little bit of insight to to where the special teams is at. The kicking game is huge. It hurt Nebraska last year. Uh, The coverage side of things really hurt Nebraska. Are they going to be better? That needs to be a lot better. Special teams has been a thorn in our side for two years. I've seen better production from the specialists themselves. I think we're kicking and punting the ball better. I'm looking forward to seeing live bullets, uh, some improvements made on our cover teams and uh, block teams. Um, don't think we're there yet. We do have more athletes out on the field, so I expect it to be better. So let's hear from Austin Allen, tremendous talent from Aurora. And uh, big things could be in store for him, 6-7. I mean, the guy can go up and get the football. He touched on motivation, what kept him going as there was uncertainty around the season, what drove him from last year. There was a lot of times last year, um, the feeling of being so close to being great um, was evident. And a lot of times, um, and in in a lot of plays we're playing, and in in the tight end room especially, it was evident after the Iowa game that we never wanted to feel that, that way again. Um, looking around at my teammates in, my t- in the tight end room, looking at our faces, I know I never wanted to see that face ever again after Iowa. So that's been the motivation for me personally um, to grind this offseason and, and into this fall camp. You know, the part of the tight ends being more involved and, and you're waiting for it. You've seen Jack Stoll and Super Bowl. It's been here for a while. Good ball player. Really, I thought, performed uh, at a high level key with the Illinois win. You look at his catches and yards and just being able to leak out into the flat. You've got Austin Allen. You've got Travis Volkolek, but uh, Austin Allen expanded a little bit here. What's what's key for these tight ends to truly be more involved? Puts a lot of, on the shoulders of our receiving core. They really got to step up um, their game. Uh, they're, they're, we got great athletes out there. Um, 
um, when you got great athletes on the outside, that really opens up the whole offense. And 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 as the tight ends, we, we become better route runners. Um, Coach Lubick coming in has 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 a great scheme for us, new new concepts, new everything. Um, that's 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 really going to help us get open. He loves big body guys, and that that's what, that's what we got in the tight end room. We got four guys in the tight end room with with a lot of game time experience. And with the addition of Travis Fisher being eligible, we just got a lot of guys that, that that's really going to help us in the tight end room and. and Ultimately, in the tight end room, it begins with us blocking. Uh, no block, no rock was it, was a theme that the receivers had last year, and I think that that goes with um, the tight ends. We got to block first, and that'll open us up um, in the passing game as well. So you've got uh, a year three under Scott Frost. You have uh, Coach Lubick that's worked with Scott Frost, and you've got some cohesiveness with those two. You factor in Greg Austin. You got Super Mario at quarterback. That that's that's a nice foursome there uh, to game plan with offensively. Not to forget Coach Held, of course, with his running game. But uh, you had Austin Allen asked about Lubick and you know what he can bring to that Nebraska offense that maybe hasn't been there or was missing without the familiarity, right? And the thing about Lubick, I mean, he's been to Oregon and he was part of that. Washington College football playoff team. Uh, this is uh, Austin Allen here on Coach Lubick. Obviously, Coach Lubick brings – he was in Oregon's offense when Frost was there. Um, he obviously knows what Frost is trying to accomplish across the board. Um, with him going to a couple different schools in between now, from then and now, has allowed him to apply more schemes and brings them back to what Frost wants to offer. And they're, they're kind of um, meshing a little bit, and that's awesome what we've been running at practice has been working. It's it's cool to see that he can bring something else to what we're used to and our understanding in year three of what we've what Frost has has wanted has been has been great. Now we're adding some nuances to it and it's making the whole offense better as a whole. Um which is which is really nice to see knowing that these last couple of years I love this offense. I love what we're running but sometimes you see stuff that like ah that could be a little bit better and the addition of Coach Lubick has been um has been allowing us to see where potentially we can be. So that's that's pretty encouraging, and it doesn't feel like it's a new guy you got to learn. It's just more icing on this this cake you've been staring at for a couple of years. Uh, Austin Allen uh, opened up a little bit here about uh, Cade Warner, what he's done, and what he's brought to the receiver room. Outside in the receiving core, I see a lot of speed. I think that's something we'll we'll see a lot of in this fall. Um, even in the receiving core, I've seen a lot of walk-ons that are stepping up into the game. Obviously, you hear a lot. Cade's, Cade Warner's scholarship now, but his leadership is unmatched in the receiving core. He's I live with him, and he's having guys over every Monday night football, Thursday night football. He's having guys. He say, let's just watch the Monday night football, Thursday night football, and we'll, we'll have a whiteboard in the living room, and he'll say, let me talk you through this defense. Let me talk you through this offense. So Cade Warner's leadership has been unmatched in the receiving core, and that's, that's helped all these receivers, um, these new receivers that are new to the program um, as a whole, get a lot better. So the question here, grilled or boneless saucy nugs, if there's a Monday or Thursday football party, two, salsa or guac? Or do you just go queso? On a serious note, good for Warner on scholarship. I can't wait to see a healthy Cade Warner play football and make some big-time catches. He's he's an asset to the offense. Uh, more from Austin Allen here on the quarterback room and uh, the offensive line.
in the quarterback room. I think there's a true competition. Luke McCaffrey's obviously showed a lot of great things. I think some people might have mentioned that, and Adrian's still doing some really great things too. So it's, it's, I think it's going to help us as a whole in the quarterback room that we got two really great guys back there that are battling for positions. And um, as a whole offense, that's going to make us better. Um, in the line room, uh, lining up to Bryce Benhart uh, as, as, when he's at a right tackle, um, he's learning for sure. He's done a lot of great things for us, big body guy. Um, he's, as his camp has gone on, I can just see how much smarter he's gotten um, in, in, in our schemes, in our, in, our, in our run game. And that's really been beneficial for him because he's been able to up his details. Um, he's got the understanding of the offense now, and now he's working on his details, and that's making him a better football player. So pretty good report there from Austin Allen. When in doubt, just ask uh, Austin <laughs> how things are. And uh, pretty revealing uh, with not only the quarterback uh, room, but just where things are at uh, for Nebraska football. Uh, wide out, speed's pretty impressive. Uh, that's a no-brainer. You need speed at wide receiver. But quite honestly, the, the problem with wide out was – just kind of being uniform and on the same page, honestly, with the quarterback. I mean, it's it's all one unit that needs to work in unison. And can you get separation at all in wide receiver? I don't know that that happened a lot last year. Reminder, about buckle it up. 70% of people in fatal crashes are not wearing their seatbelt. If used properly, seatbelts reduce fatal injury by 60%. Your best defense is buckling up. Brought to you by the Nebraska Department of Highway Safety. Cedric Galt, Austin American statesman. Uh, it's a mess down in Texas. He'll explain. And now. And now. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back to what it's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And we welcome in our friend down in Texas, Austin American statesman and host uh, of uh, just a great podcast on Second Thought. It's Cedric Golden to talk some Cowboys and Longhorns at Ced Golden on Twitter. Said, what's up, man? How you been? Man, I'm great. Uh, I'm sure you're, you're doing pretty good knowing that the Big Ten's about to get revved up. You know what? It's it's going to be the longest, you know, a week from Saturday. We've been hoping and praying for football in this part of the country and football fans uh, that wear a lot of red in these parts are saying, all right, let's roll the old football out and see uh, see how awesome Ohio State is. Uh, Nebraska's schedule's been a topic of discussion when you start out with uh, at Ohio State and then Wisconsin is in Lincoln and then you're at Northwestern who always seems to go overtime with Nebraska and then Penn State comes to town and uh, no one can watch in the stands. Yeah, Nebraska fans are just anxious, just excited to have football. Well, you know, I bring you greetings from the Big 12 and Commissioner Bob Bowlesby, a.k.a. the Great Emancipator, <laughs> uh, who saved football season in America. So uh, on behalf of the Big 12, Chris, you're welcome. Hey, you are you are awesome. We had some smiles about the, the Big 12 uh, as we were waiting to get some football going. And Cedric, we'll start with the Big 12, and, and you're so close to the, the Texas program. What's the unity like right now down in Austin? What's the fan base feeling? How's Coach Herman doing? It's been interesting to watch Texas from afar. They're frustrated. They're upset. And, you know, the down here, the answer to everything is to look at the – the biggest name out there, and to say we want that guy. When Mac Brown was struggling near the end, it was people wearing wearing hard Nick Saban shirts around town, and and now the big cry is we want Urban. 
you want Urban Meyer to come in for three years and then leave after a health scare. So that's that's what they want. So um, I just think that uh, they've been mediocre. Uh, they've been they've been very very uh, surprisingly bad. And I picked them to win the Big Twelve and then to represent the Big Twelve and the CFP. That's how bad I've been in my prognostication. So. You haven't missed anything since we last talked, Chris. So, to me, I think that um, the unity in the locker room, I questioned it when I talked to Tom yesterday. I asked him, I said, uh, what we see from the outside looking in is we see Sam Ellinger basically alone, singing the eyes, facing the fans, horns up, singing the eyes of Texas, while his teammates, uh, all but two, are headed toward the locker room. And so... Of course, Sam, uh, in many circles on social media, is a conquering hero now. There are there are I stand with Sam T-shirts being circulating. But I said before the season that whatever they decided to do, they needed to decide to be uniform in it. You couldn't have some guys staying for the eyes and other guys leaving because that's going to that's going to sow the seeds of division. And uh, they did play hard against OU in that loss, but it's a rivalry game, and uh, you knew they were going to play hard. What's going to happen when these little things start to fester against a Baylor, against an Oklahoma State, against an Iowa State, uh, at the Little Apple, against K-State? Those kind of things will start to fester, little external things, and those are the kind of things, Chris, that aren't really important in a year when you're 4-0 or 5-0. and Winning cures all ills, but this team's not winning. And and if not for a furious comeback against Texas Tech, they could be one in three. Cedric Golden's with us, uh, Austin American Statesman at Cedric at Ced Golden on Twitter. So I mean, I gotta ask, why are they so bad? They're always top ten. It feels like, if not top five in recruiting and Patterson's had his way since moving to the big 12. Oh, you keeps finding a way people beat Texas and that shouldn't happen. And, and you're right. Who's uh, the, the urban chant. I can hear it now on sixth street. Oh, I know. And I, I think it's, I think it's a myriad issues. Uh, number one, they play to the competition, which is never good, Chris. Never good. You know they're going to give OU the old college tribe. They're going to show up against OU. But why are you struggling at Texas Tech? It's a bad Texas Tech team. Let's call it what it is. Uh, why does TCU come in here and beat you? Why is Gary Patterson 7-2 and two, uh, ever since TCU entered the Big 12 against Texas? So those are the kind of questions you you want to answer why are you ten and seven since Sam Ellinger told a, a national television audience that we're back after the Sugar Bowl win at Georgia? To me, it starts at the top. Uh, the coach makes the big money. He's making six six million plus a year. One of the highest paid coaches in the country. He has to answer for that. He's not running away from that. He knows it's him is his responsibility. He uh, had two high-profile hires, uh, a coordinator. Mike Yersich has been fine uh, as the OC. They're, they were averaging uh, 50 points a game 
get, uh, but they're not running the ball very well, but the numbers were there on the scoreboard. Defensively, he hires Chris Ash uh, from Ohio State, his, his ex-co-worker uh, from there. And Chris Ash, his charge was to come in and fix this defense, teach the rugby style of tackling. He's the former head coach at Rutgers. It didn't work out very well. Right now, the right now the, the defense is one of the worst defenses in school history. They talked about rugby style, but I'm seeing a lot more Rutgers and a lot less rugby. Cedric Golden with us. You know, talk to me about the big money people down in Texas. I think of the Texas boosters. I think of uh, the the oil money. How do they cope or deal with TCU, with Baylor, even with A&M and Jimbo getting a signature win over uh, Florida as recently as they did? I mean, how, what's, the, what's the country club like, man, is what I'm wondering right now when they bump into their buddy after playing 18. And, yeah, yeah, uh, got you on Saturday, didn't we? I mean, I can hear that conversation. <laughs> I'll tell you what, rich people don't like when their money's they're not getting banged for their buck. I know that. <laughs> and when you're when you're a big money donor and you look up in the alma maters of five hundred team that's once again not ranked, uh preseason number fourteen, preseason pick to be uh playing OU in the Big Twelve championship game with a chance to go special places, bringing back the most experienced starting quarterback in all of college football a very decorated quarterback, a leader, uh, bringing back a very experienced secondary, a very experienced uh, front four. So to me, I think it's very disheartening if you're a Texas fan because uh, when, when does it become your year? And you, look, you look down the road and Jimbo is beating Florida. He's 8-1 and one all time against Florida. That ownership of the Gators apparently transferred from Tallahassee all the way to College Station. They got it done, and no one, no one wants to wallow in misery while your your hated rival is feeling great. So things aren't good right now, and to make it worse, it's a bye week. No one wants to lose and then go into a bye week. Then you got to listen for two weeks of how bad you're playing. It's better to get back on that horse and get that taste out of your mouth. few more minutes, Cedric Golden will wind down a Tuesday. It's Hale Varsity, and we're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HaleVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. couple last thoughts here from Cedric Golden on Texas and now the Cowboys. That's how good I thought they'd be because I look at the paper and I look at the fact that you have the in college football the quarterback is very important. There's a reason Trevor Lawrence and Clemson are, are ranked the top. They have the best quarterback and Sam Ellinger is a really good quarterback, but it hasn't worked out. And um, Tom Herman has the answer for that. Cedric, let's talk quarterbacks. Dak Prescott, uh, what's next for Dak? I know he's out of the hospital, horrific injury. Jerry and company have been there and. Dak's teammates have been there. Where does Dallas go from here? Two narrow victories, and now no Dak throwing for 450. Man, that's tough. And you got the red rifle in there now, Andy Dalton, who's a Metroplex native. He played at TCU. He knows those Dallas streets. 
but he's in his 30s. He's past his prime. Uh, 0-5 all-time in the playoffs against uh, when he was with the Bengals, Marvin Lewis Bengals. So uh, it's good to have a it's good to have an experienced quarterback at backup. So uh, give Jerry credit for getting Andy Dalton in there. As far as Dak's concerned, you hear you you get this from your audience. I get it from my readership. People always get mad when you write about holdouts and why they're holding out. Uh, they hold out because of things like this: a career, there's an injury, a debilitating injury that might might affect his mobility moving forward. I don't know that for a fact, but it could. Uh, we saw the horrificness of that injury. This is why they hold out, Chris. They want the guaranteed money. They want that security. Uh, Jerry says that he's still the future, but now he's but now he's lost a lot of his leverage. He's when he comes back to the negotiating table with his agent, they're going to say you're you're damaged. We don't know that you still got it, Dak. So what do you what can you do to to assure us that that you're going to have uh, full mobility? So that's why they hold out. I still think he's the future. He was having a hell of a year. He was on pace to throw for 6,000 yards. That's never been done. He's got a bevy of weapons. Uh, the old blues singer wrote, um, you never miss your water till the well runs dry. <laughs> We're going to see how that well looks in the next two or three weeks with Andy Dalton, at quarterback. Cedric Golden with us, Austin American Statesman, on Second Thought, his podcast. Check that out. And uh, can follow Cedric on Twitter at Ced Golden. Cedric, we'll do this again, man. Uh, let's uh, hope for uh, you know football in Lincoln, and maybe if Texas gets things turned around, how about a bowl game together? Man, that'd be fun. We'd we'd, we'd do a live remote together, socially distanced, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I would put my beer over here, your beer within six feet, and we'd have a good old time, Cedric. <laughs> man, you're reading my mind. I like it, man. Cedric and I will have a beer together. I hope that's a Nebraska-Texas home-and-home home in the near future. Not that there's room for it. But just uh, let's get Texas uh, in a bowl game and do it that way. It'd be all right. Good stuff. Cedric Golden, Rick Pizzo, Mitch Sherman today podcast. Uh, now on Spotify and Google Play and Apple and Hale Varsity. It's awesome. Excited for that. So wherever you listen to podcasts, check out Hale Varsity. Tomorrow, Mike Babcock, Mr. College Football for Nebraska. Babber's going to be with us. We'll check with Brad Edwards, ESPN Insider. Shuey, Mike Shuey. We get two of Shuey this week because we're out at Wilderness Ridge on Friday. Road show Friday, the deck, fall, great weather, heaters, cocktails. Come see us. Happy hour with Hale Varsity out at Wilderness on Friday.